Part One of Oedipus at Colonus by Sophocles, translated by Francis Storr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae, Oedipus, banished king of Thebes, read by Andiminta. Antigone, his daughter, read by Elizabeth Clett. Ismene, his daughter, read by Ariel Lipshaw. Theseus, king of Athens, played by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Creon, brother of Jocasta, now reigning at Thebes, read by Bruce Peary. Polynices, read by David Goldfarb. Stranger, a native of Colonus, read by Lucy Perry. Messenger, read by Martin Giessen. Chorus, read by Losh Rolander. Narration by David Lawrence. Part One. Scene. In front of the grove of the Eumenides. Enter the blind Oedipus, led by his daughter Antigone. Child of an old blind sire, Antigone, what region say? Whose city have we reached? Who will provide today with scanted dole this wanderer? Tis little that he craves and less obtains. That less enough for me. For I am taught by suffering to endure, And the long years that have grown old with me, And last, not least, by true nobility. My daughter, if thou seest a resting place, On common ground, or by some sacred grove, Stay me, and set me down. Let us discover where we have come, For strangers must inquire of denizens, And do as they are bid. Long-suffering father, Oedipus, the towers that fence the city still are faint and far, But where we stand is surely holy ground, A wilderness of laurel, olive, and vine, Within a choir or songster nightingales are warbling. On this native seat of rock rest, For an old man thou hast travelled far. Guide these dark steps, and set me there secure. If time can teach, I need not to be told. Say, prithee, if thou know'st where we are. Athens I recognise but not the spot. That much we heard from every wayfarer. Shall I go on and ask about the place? Yes, daughter, if it be inhabited. Sure, there are habitations, but no need to leave thee. Yonder is a man hard by. What, moving hitherward and on his way? Say, rather, here already. Ask him straight the needful questions, for the man is here. Enter stranger. O stranger, as I learn from her whose eyes must serve both her and me, that thou art here, sent by some happy chance to serve our doubts? First quit that seat, then question me at large. The spot thou treadest on is holy ground. What is the site? To what god dedicate? Inviolable, untrod. Goddesses, dread brood of earth and darkness here abide. Tell me the awful name I should invoke. The Gracious Ones. All-seeing, so our folk call them. But elsewhere other names are rife. Then may they show their suppliant grace, For I, from this your sanctuary, will ne'er depart. What word is this? The watchword of my fate. Nay, tis not mine to bid thee hence, Without due warrant and instruction from the state. Now, in God's name, O stranger, scorn me not. As a wayfarer, tell me what I crave. Ask. Your request shall not be scorned by me. How call you, then, the place where we bide? Whate'er I know, thou too shalt know. The place is all to great Poseidon consecrate. Hard by the Titan, 
he who bears the torch, Prometheus, has his worship. But the spot thou treadest, the brass-footed threshold named, is Athens' bastion. And the neighbouring lands claim as their chief and patron yonder knight Colonus, and in common bear his name. Such, stranger, is the spot to fame unknown, but dear to us its native worshippers. Thou sayest there are dwellers in these parts? Surely. They bear the name of yonder god. Ruled by a king or by the general voice? The lord of Athens is our overlord. Who is this monarch, great in word and might? Theseus, the son of Aegeus, our late king. Might one be sent from you to summon him? Wherefore? To tell him aught or urge his coming? Say a slight service may avail him much. How can he profit from a sightless man? The blind man's words will be instinct with sight. Heed, then. I fain would see thee out of harm. For by thy looks, marred though they be by fate, I judge thee noble. Tarry where thou art, while I go seek the burgers. Those at hand, not in the city, they will soon decide whether thou art to rest or go thy way. Exit, stranger. Tell me, my daughter, has the stranger gone? Yes, he has gone. Now we are all alone, and thou mayst speak, dear father, without fear. Stern-visaged queens, since coming to this land, first in your sanctuary I bent the knee. Frown not on me, or Phoebus, who, when erst he told me all my miseries to come, spake of this respite after many years. Some haven in a far-off land, a rest vouchsafed at last by dread divinities. There, said he, shalt thou round thy weary life, a blessing to the land wherein thou dwellst, but to the land that cast thee forth a curse. And of my weird he promised signs should come, earthquake or thunderclap or lightning flash. And now I recognise as yours the sign that led my wanderings to this your grove. Else had I never lighted on you first, a wineless man on your seat of native rock. O oh, goddesses, fulfil Apollo's word, Grant me some consummation of my life, if haply I appear not all too vile, a thrall to sorrow, worse than any slave. Here, gentle daughters of primeval night, here, namesake of great palace, Athens, first of cities, pity this poor dishonoured shade, the ghost of him who once was Oedipus. Hush, for I see some greybeards on their way their errand to spy out our resting-place. I will be mute, and thou shalt guide my steps into the covert from the public road, till I have learnt their drift. A prudent man will ever shape his course by what he learns. Enter Chorus. Ha! Where is he? Look around, every nook and corner scan. He, the all-presumptuous man, whither vanished, search the ground. A wayfarer, I ween, a wayfarer, no countryman of ours, that old man must have been. Never have native dared to tempt the powers, or enter their demest, the maids in awe of whom each mortal cowers, whose name no voice betrays nor cry, and as we pass them with averted eye, we move hushed lips in reverent piety, but now some godless man, tis rumoured here abides, the precinct through I scan, yet what not where he hides, the wretch profane, I search and search in vain. I am that man, I know you near, 
ears to the blind they say are eyes oh dread to see and dread to hear oh sirs i am no outlaw under ban who can he be save save us this old man no favourite of fate that ye should envy his estate oh sirs would any happy mortal say grope by the light of other eyes his way or face the storm upon so frail a stay wast thou then sightless from thy birth evil methinks and long thy pilgrimage on earth yet add not curse to curse and wrong to wrong i warn thee trespass not within this hallowed spot lest thou shouldst find the silent grassy glade where offerings are laid bowels of spring water mingled with sweet mead thou must not stay come come away tired wonder dost thou heed we are far off but sure our voice can reach if aught thou wouldst beseech speak where tis right till then refrain from speech daughter what counsel should we now pursue we must obey and do as here they do thy hand then here o father is my hand o sirs if i come forth at your command let me not suffer for my confidence against thy will no man shall drive thee hence shall i go further ay what further still lead maiden thou canst guide him where we will follow with blind steps father as i lead in a strange land strange thou art to her will incline thy heart honour whatsoever the state honours all she frowns on hate guide me child where we may range safe within the paths of right counsel freely may exchange nor with fate and fortune fight halt go no further than that rocky floor stay where i now am yes advance no more may i sit down move sideways towards the ledge and sit thee crouching on the scarp edge this is my office father o oh, incline ah me ah me thy steps to my steps lean thine aged frame on mine woe on my fate unblest wanderer now thou art at rest tell me of thy birth and home from what far country art thou come let on thy weary way declare strangers i have no country oh, forbear what is it old man that thou wouldst conceal forbear nor urge me further to reveal why this reluctance dread my lineage say what must i answer child oh well a day say of what stock thou comest what man's son ah me my daughter now we are undone speak for thou standest on the slippery verge i will no plea for silence can i urge will neither speak come sir why dally thus knowst one of laius's huh who seed of labdacus o selfs the hapless oedipus art he whate'er i utter have no fear of me be gone o wretched me be gone o daughter what will happen on forth from our borders speed ye both how keep ye then your troth heaven's justice never smites him who ill with ill requites but if gill with gill contend bane of blessing is the end 
Arise, be gone, and take thee hence straightway, Lest on our land a heavier curse thou lay. O sirs, ye suffered not my father blind, Albeit gracious and to ruth inclined, Knowing the deeds he wrought, not innocent, But with no ill intent. Yet heed a maiden's moan, who pleads for him alone, my eyes, not reft of sight, plead with you as a daughter's might. You are our providence. Oh, make us not go hence. Oh, with a gracious nod, grant us the nigh despaired of boon we crave. Hear us, oh, hear. But all that ye hold dear, wife, children, homestead, hearth, and God, where will you find one, search ye ne'er so well, who scapes perdition if a God impel? Surely we pity thee and him alike, daughter of Oedipus, for your distress. But as we reverence the decrees of heaven, we cannot say aught other than we said. Oh, what avails renown or fair repute? Are they not vanity? For look you now, Athens is held of states the most devout. Athens alone gives hospitality and shelters the vexed stranger, so men say. Have I found so? I, whom ye dislodged, first from my seat of rock, and now, would drive forth from your land, dreading my name alone. For me you surely dread not, nor my deeds, deeds of a man more sinned against than sinning, as I might well convince you were it meet to tell my mother's story and my sire's, the cause of your fear. Yet am I then a villain born, because in self-defence, stricken, I struck the striker back again. E'en had I known, no villain it would prove. But all unwitting, whither I went, I went to ruin. My destroyers knew it well. Wherefore I pray you, sirs, in heaven's name, even as ye bade me quit my seat, defend me. No pay not a lip-service to the gods, and wrong them of their dues. Bethink ye well, the eye of heaven beholds the just of men, and the unjust, nor ever in this world has one sole godless sinner found escape. Stand then on heaven's side, and never blot Athens' fair scutcheon by abetting wrong. I came to you a suppliant, and you pledged your honour. O oh, preserve me to the end, O oh, let not this marred visage do me wrong. A holy and God-fearing man is here, Whose coming purports comfort for your folk. And when your chief arrives, whoe'er he be, Then shall ye have my story and know all. Meanwhile, I pray you, do me no despite. The plea thou urgest needs must give us pause, Set forth in weighty argument but we must leave the issue with the ruling powers. Where is he, strangers, he who sways the realm? In his ancestral seat a messenger, the same who sent us here, is gone for him. And think you he will have such care or thought for the blind stranger as to come himself? Aye, that he will, when once he learns thy name. But who will bear him word? The way is long, and many travellers pass to speed the news. Be sure he'll hear and hasten, never fear. So wide and far thy name is noised abroad, That were he never so spent and loth to move, 
he would bestir him when he hears of thee. Well, may he come with blessing to his state and me. Who serves his neighbour serves himself. Zeus, what is this? What can I say or think? What now, Antigone? I see a woman riding upon a colt of Etna's breed. She wears for headgear a Thessalian hat to shade her from the sun. Who can it be? She or a stranger? Do I wake or dream? Tis she! Tis not. I cannot tell, alack! Oh, it is no other! Now her brightening glance greets me with recognition. Yes, tis she herself is Maney. Ha! Huh, what say ye, child? That I behold thy daughter and my sister, and thou wilt know her straightway by her voice. Enter Ismene. Father and sister, names to me most sweet, how hardly have I found you, hardly now when found at last can see you through my tears. Art come, my child? O oh, father, sad thy plight. Child, thou art here. Yes, t'was a weary way. Touch me, my child. I give a hand to both. O oh, children, sisters. O oh, disastrous plight. Her plight and mine? Ay, and my own no less. What brought thee, daughter? Father, care for thee. A daughter's yearning? Yes, and I had news I would myself deliver. So I came with the one thrall who yet is true to me. The valiant brothers, where are they at need? They are. Enough. Tis now their darkest hour. Out on the twain? The thoughts and actions all are framed and modelled on Egyptian ways. For there the men sit at looms indoors, while the wives slave abroad for daily bread. So you, my children, those whom I behove to bear the burden, stay at home like girls, while in their stead my daughters moil and drudge, lightening their father's misery. The one, since first she grew from girlish feebleness to womanhood, has been the old man's guide, and shared my weary wandering, roaming off hungry and footsore, through wild forest ways, in drenching rains and under scorching suns, careless herself of home and these, if so her sire might have her tender ministry. And thou, my child, Willem thou wentest forth, eluding the Cadmeian's vigilance to bring thy father's all the oracles concerning Oedipus, and didst make thyself my faithful lieger when they banished me? And now what mission summons thee from home? What news, Ismene, hast thou for thy father? This much I know thou comest not empty-handed, Without a warning of some new alarm. The toil and trouble, father, that I bore To find thy lodging-place, and how thou faredst, I spare thee. Surely twere a double pain to suffer, First in act and then in telling. "'Tis the misfortune of thine ill-starred sons I come to tell thee. "'At the first they willed to leave the throne to Creon, "'minded well thus to remove the inveterate curse of old, "'a canker that infected all thy race. "'But now some god and an infatuate soul "'have stirred betwixt them a mad rivalry "'to grasp at sovereignty and kingly power. "'Today the hot-branded youth, the younger-born, is keeping Polynices from the throne, his elder, and has thrust him from the land. 
the banished brother, so all Thebes reports, fled to the vale of Argos, and by help of new alliance there and friends in arms, swears he will establish Argos straight as lord of the Cadmian land, or, if he fail, exalt the victor to the stars of heaven. This is no empty tale but deadly truth, my father, and how long thy agony ere the gods pity thee I cannot tell. Hast thou indeed, then, entertained a hope the gods at last will turn and rescue me? Yea, so I read these latest oracles. What oracles? What hath been uttered, child? Thy country, so it runs, shall yearn in time to have thee for their weal alive or dead. And who could gain by such a one as I? On thee tis said their sovereignty depends. So, when I cease to be, my worth begins. The gods, who once abased, uplift thee now. Poor help to raise an old man fallen in youth. Howe'er that be, tis for this cause alone that Creon comes to thee, and comes anon. With what intent, my daughter? Tell me plainly. To plant thee near the Theban land, and so keep thee within their grasp. Yet now allow thy foot to pass beyond their boundaries. What gain they if I lay outside? Thy tomb, if disappointed, brings on them a curse. It needs no God to tell what's plain to sense. Therefore they fain would have thee close at hand, not where thou wouldst be master of thyself. Mean they to shroud my bones in Theban dust? Nay, father, guilt of kinsmen's blood forbids. Then never shall they be my masters, never. Thebes, thou shalt rue this bitterly some day. When what conjunction comes to pass, my child? Thy angry wraith, when at thy tomb they stand. And who hath told thee what thou tell'st me, child? Envoys who visited the Delphic hearth. Hath Phoebus spoken thus concerning me? So say the envoys who return to Thebes. And can a son of mine have heard of this? Yea, both alike, and know its import well. They knew it, yet the ignoble greed of rule outweighed all longing for their sire's return. Grievous thy words, yet I must own them true. Then may the gods ne'er quench their fatal feud, and mine be the arbitrament of the fight for which they now are arming, spear to spear, that neither he who holds the sceptre now may keep the throne, nor he who fled the realm return again. They never raised a hand when I, their sire, was thrust from hearth and home, when I was banned and banished, what wrecked they? Say you twas done at my desire, a grace which the state yielding to my wish allowed? Not so, for mark you, on that very day, when in the tempest of my soul I craved death, even death by stoning, none appeared to further that while longing, but anon, when time had numbed my anguish, and I felt my wrath had all outrun those errors past, then, then it was the city went about by force to oust me, respited for years, and then my sons, who should as sons have helped, did nothing, and one little word from them was all I needed, and they spoke no word, but let me wander on for evermore, a banished man, a beggar. These two maids, their sisters, girls, gave all their sex could give, food and safe harbourage and filial care, while their two brethren sacrificed their sire for lust of power and sceptred sovereignty. No, me they never shall win for an ally, nor will this Theban kingship bring them gain, 
that know i from this maiden's oracles and those old prophecies concerning me which phoebus now at length has brought to pass come creon then come all the mightiest in thebes to seek me for if ye my friends championed by those dread powers indigenous espouse my cause then for the state ye gain a great deliverer for my foemen bane our pity oedipus thou needst must move thou and these maidens and the stronger plea thou urgest as the saviour of our land disposes me to counsel for thy will aid me kind sirs i will do all ye bid first make atonement to the deities whose grove by trespass thou didst first profane after what manner stranger teach me pray make a libation first of water fetched with undefiled hands from living spring and after i have gotten this pure draught whilst thou wilt find the carver's handiwork crown thou the brims and both the handles crown with olive shoots or blocks of wood or how with wool from fleece of yearling freshly shorn what next how must i end the ritual pour thy libation turning to the dawn pouring it from the urns whereof ye spake yea in three streams and be the last boat drained to the last drop and wherewith shall i fill it ere in its place i set it this do tell with water and with honey add no wine and when the embowered earth hath drunk thereof then lay upon it thrice nine olive sprays with both thy hands and offer up this prayer i fain would hear it that imports the most that as we call them gracious they would deign to grant the suppliant their saving grace so pray thyself or whoso pray for thee in whispered accents not with lifted voice then go and look back do as i bid and i shall then be bold to stand thy friend else stranger i should have my fears for thee hear ye my daughters what these strangers say we listened and attend thy bidding father i cannot go disabled as i am doubly by lack of strength and lack of sight but one of you may do it in my stead for one i trow may pay the sacrifice of thousands if his heart be leal and true so to your work with speed but leave me not untended for this frame is all too weak to move without the help of guiding hand then i will go perform these rites but where to find the spot this have i yet to learn beyond this groove if thou hast need of aught the guardian of the close will lend his aid i go and thou antigone meanwhile must guard our father in a parent's cause toil if there be toil is of no account exit ismene ill it is stranger to awake pain that long since has ceased to ache and yet i fain would hear what thing thy tale of cruel suffering for which no cure was found the fate that held thee bound oh bid me not as guest i claim this grace expose my shame the tale is bruited far and near and echoes still from ear to ear the truth i fain would hear ah me i prithee yield ah me grant my request i grant it all to thee know then i suffered ills most vile but none 
so help me heaven, from acts in malice done. Say how? The state around an all unwitting bridegroom bound, an impious marriage, Jane. That was my bane. Didst thou in sooth then share a bed incestuous with her that there? It stabs me like a sword, that two-edged word. O oh, stranger, but these maids, my own. Say on. Two daughters, curses twain. O oh, God! Sprang from the wife and mother's travail pain. What then? Thy offspring are at once. Too true. Their father's very sisters too. O oh, horror! Horrors from the boundless deep. Back on my soul in refluent surges sweep. Thou hast endured. Intolerable woe. And sinned? I sinned not. How so? I served the state. Would I had never won that graceless grace by which I was undone. And next unhappy man thou hast shed blood? Must ye hear more? Fathers? Flood on flood whelms me. That word's a second mortal blow. Murderer! Yes, a murderer, but no. What canst thou plead? A plea of justice. How? I slew who else would have me slain. I slew without intent, a wretch, but innocent. In the law's eye I stand without a stain. Behold our sovereign Theseus, Aegeason, comes at thy summons to perform his part. Enter Theseus. Oft had I heard of thee in times gone by, the bloody mutilation of thine eyes, and therefore know thee, son of Laius. All that I lately gathered on the way made my conjecture doubly sure, and now thy garb and that marred visage prove to me that thou art he. So pitying thine estate, most ill-starred Oedipus, I fain would know what is the suit ye urge on me in Athens, thou and the helpless maiden at thy side. Declare it! Dire indeed must be the tale whereat I should recoil. I too was reared, like thee, in exile, and in foreign lands wrestled with many perils, no man more. Wherefore no alien in adversity shall seek in vain my succour, nor shalt thou. I know myself a mortal, and my share in what the morrow brings no more than thine. Theseus, thy words so apt, so generous, so comfortable, need no long reply. Both who I am, and of what lineage sprung, and from what land I came, thou hast declared. So without prologue I may utter now my brief petition, and the tale is told. Say on, and tell me what I fain would learn. I come to offer thee this woe-worn frame, a gift not fair to look on, yet its worth more precious far than any outward show. What profit dost thou proffer to have brought? Hereafter thou shalt learn, not yet, methinks. When may we hope to reap the benefit? When I am dead, and thou hast buried me. Thou cravest life's last service, all before. Is it forgotten, or of no account? Yea, the last boon is warrant for the rest. The grace thou cravest then is small indeed. Nay, weigh it well. The issue is not slight. Thou meanest that betwixt thy sons and me? Prince, they would fain convey me back to Thebes. If there be no compulsion, then methinks to rest in banishment befits not thee. Nay, when I wished it, they would not consent. 
for shame such temper misbecomes the faller chide if thou wilt but first attend my plea say on i wait full knowledge ere i judge o theseus i have suffered wrongs on wrongs wouldst tell the old misfortune of thy race no that has grown a byword throughout greece what then can be this more than mortal grief my case stands thus by my own flesh and blood i was expelled my country and can ne'er thither return again a parricide why fetch thee home if thou must needs obey what are they threatened by the oracle destruction that awaits them in this land what can beget ill blood twixt them and me dear son of aegeus to the gods alone is given immunity from eld and death but nothing else escapes all ruinous time earth's might decays the might of men decays honour grows cold dishonour flourishes there is no constancy twixt friend and friend or city and city be it soon or late sweet turns to bitter hate once more to love if now tis sunshine betwixt thebes and thee and not a cloud time in his endless course gives birth to endless days and nights wherein the merest nothing shall suffice to cut with serried spears your bonds of amity then shall my slumbering and buried corpse in its cold grave drink their warm life-blood up if zeus be zeus and phoebus still speak true no more tis ill to tear aside the veil of mysteries let me cease as i began enough if thou wilt keep thy plighted troth then shalt thou ne'er complain that oedipus proved an unprofitable and thankless guest except the gods themselves shall play me false the man my lord has from the very first declared his power to offer to our land these and like benefits who could reject the proffered amity of such a friend first he can claim the hospitality to which by mutual contract we stand pledged next coming here a suppliant to the gods he pays full tribute to the state and me his favours therefore never will i spurn but grant him the full rights of citizen and if it suits the stranger here to bide i place him in your charge or if he please rather to come with me choose oedipus which of the two thou wilt thy choice is mine zeus may the blessing fall on men like these what dost thou then decide to come with me yea were it lawful but tis rather here what wouldst thou here i shall not thwart thy wish here shall i vanquish those who cast me forth then were thy presence here a boon indeed such shall it prove if thou fulfillst thy pledge fear not for me i shall not play thee false no need to back thy promise with an oath an oath would be no surer than my word how wilt thou act then what is it thou fearest my foes will come our friends will look to that but if thou leave me teach me not my duty tis fear constrains me my soul knows no fear thou knowst not what threats i know that none shall hail thee hence in my despite such threats vented in anger oft are blusterers an idle breath forgot when sense returns and for thy foemen though their words were brave boasting to bring thee back they are like to find the seas between us wide and hard to sail 
such my firm purpose. But in any case, take heart, since Phoebus sent thee here. My name, though I be distant, warrants thee from harm. Thou hast come to a steed-framed land for rest, O stranger worn with toil, To a land of all lands the goodliest, Colonus' glistening soil. Tis the haunt of the clear-voiced nightingale, Who hid in her bower among the vine-dark ivy That reddest the vale, trilleth her ceaseless song, And she loves where the clustering berries nod Over a sunless, windless glade, The spot by no mortal footstep trod, The pleasance kept for the Bacchic god, Where he holds each night his revels wild, with the nymphs who fostered the lusty child. And fed each morn by the pearly dew, the starred Narcissi shine, and a wreath with the crocus golden hue, for the mother and daughter twine. And never the sleepless fountain cease that fed Cephas a stream, but they swell earth's bosom with quick increase, and their wave hath a crystal gleam and the muses choir will never disdain to visit this heaven-favored plain, nor the Cyprian queen of the golden rain. And here there grows unpruned, untamed terror to foemen's bear, a tree in Asian soil unnamed, by Pelops Dorian isle unclaimed, self-nurtured year by year. Tis the grey-lived olive that feeds our boys, Nor youth nor withering age destroys The plant that the olive-planter tends, And the grey-eyed goddess herself defends. Yet another gift of all gifts the most, Prized by our fatherland we boast, The might of the horse, the might of the sea, Our fame, Poseidon, we owe to thee. Son of Cronos, our king divine, Who in these highways first didst fit, For the mouth of horses the iron bit. Thou too hast taught us to fashion meat, For the arm of the rower the oar-blade fleet, Swift as the nereids hundred feet, As they dance along the brine. O land extolled above all lands, Tis now for thee to make these glorious titles good. Why this appeal, my daughter? Father, lo, Creon approaches with his company. Fear not, it shall be so. If we are old, this country's vigour has no touch of age. End of part one.